Hello and welcome to Dream Life Best Fit Role with me, Nikki Smith. I'm a psychologist and a career and business coach. I believe everybody can love their work and I help people to use their natural strengths to transform their work life and love their job. These podcast episodes shine a light on individuals who have created their Dream Life Best Fit Role or business. I focus on how they've played to their natural strengths, those activities that energize and inspire them, and how they've conducted many experiments to take the fear out of change and generate momentum. Hi everyone, I'm delighted to be speaking to Trav Bell today. Trav Bell is the bucket list guy, the world's number one bucket list expert. As a self-appointed bucket listologist, Trav helps people live their bucket list before it's too late. His message really wakes people up stops the groundhog days and helps people live their life on purpose. Trav refers to a bucket list as a tangible life plan where our business or career plan should fit into our life plan, not the other way around. So as you can imagine, Trav and I think very similarly on this topic and I can't wait to find out more. Before Trav became the bucket list guy, he founded and franchised a chain of personal training studios across Australia and starting with one client, he and his team built 2 million personal training sessions and motivated tens of thousands of clients. Trav travels the world speaking on this topic and I welcome you here today, Trav. Oh, Nikki, thanks so much for having me. G'day, everyone. So let's dive in. Why don't you share a bit about yourself and this mission of yours? Well, I think you've just said it all. That's why we write intros, don't we? Um, That's true. (laughs) It saves us from talking about ourselves, which kind of gets weird. I've been the bucket list guy, quote unquote, for about eight years now. And someone actually called me the bucket list guy after I got out of my previous business, which is what you've just said uh, as a chain of personal training studios. I went through a bit of a, uh, a, a dark cloud kind of moment, bouts of depression, came out the other side as a going to all these seminar junkies as an avid learner. Someone said to me, Trav, you're in these seminars, you're reading, you're learning all the time. Why don't you put on a like a motivation seminar? And I went, oh, okay. And they said, oh, it'll help you compartmentalize, you know, some of the stuff that's going on and you know, share some of your learning, some of your failures, some of your successes and that sort of thing with a group. And I put put together 40 people in a room and off I went. It's pretty crap, to be, <laughs> to be honest, my first talk. But at the end of it, because I started, you know, during the conversation, I, I, I informed everyone that I'd had a, a list to do before I died uh, since I was 18. And not a lot of people who were very close to me knew that about me. And as a result, it started to really spark conversation in the room. And at the end of it, one of the people in the room, Joe, she said, how's all this list to do before you die? So it's really fired people up. It's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> and that night I went home and registered thebucketlistguy.com and I'd love to say the rest is history. I love that on a number of levels. <laughs> I really do. I especially love that you you gave speaking a shot without necessarily being super clear on necessarily what you were going to talk about but it's a brilliant strength because we're all about mini experiments on this podcast and I love that actually it was from the audience reaction that you got to shape actually what you wanted to talk about and how you wanted to influence people and up until that point I was like all right how am I gonna so I've got no fear around public speaking which I think is worse than bloody sharks I'm sure I have those moments and we talked off air about my TED talk experience it was kind of terrifying but 
I still do it. Really, just step into it. We'll see how we go. And that first talk was was terrifying, but it was so cool to after weeks, if not months, of going. All right, well, you know, the online world has started now, and you've got your Les Browns and your Tony Robbins. A lot of these speakers out there that sort of traded off their own name. What if I attached a, what I call an online superhero brand to what I do? Would I get more noticed? Would I rise above the noise? Would I climb that celebrity ladder a little bit faster? When I say celebrity ladder, you know, would I get noticed more? Because business is all about being noticed, getting attention. So by doing that and subsequent domain name registration, it certainly did help. Yeah. And I went one step further too, and I, I was like on the Google machine, <laughs> and I went, all right, the bucket list guy. That, and I'd done a lot of values work around that too, and I was like, all right, what are my values? You know, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, about what are my strengths? What do I just love talking about? What would I talk about for free? Yes. I just love bucket lists. You know, it's my, my reason for getting out of business. It's a reason why I build businesses faster. So I can talk about it all day. You know, flat out, it excites me. It's all about potential. It's all about people seeing another side of them on the other side of their bucket list is it them that they don't know yet kind of thing. And as a result, it was just me. And after registering, I went around and said, oh, yeah, I've registered the bucket list guy. And, you know, I had a heap of people, oh, that's definitely you because you're a crazy mofo and, and you've done a heap of crazy stuff and that's just you. And at the time of registration, I was like, all right, who's like the number one, the king of bucket list in the world? Who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the, the authority? Oh, look, no one. So I called myself the world's number one bucket list expert. <laughs> That's how it started. So what kind of confidence do you think you need to be able to do that? Because I love that. Why not? You could call it ignorance too. <laughs> um, Did that feel like a mini experiment? Did you just say, I'm totally, just going to test it out? Totally. I was, I've always had this thing of, you know, dig a hole, learn how to swim. Uh, well, you know, throw yourself in the deep end and learn how to swim fast. And putting yourself in situations, I guess it comes from surfing, it comes from putting myself in big waves and just learn as you go and adjust your sails, so to speak, along the path. So I knew I wanted to play a big game and a global game. So why not call myself the world's number one, cop a little bit of ridicule, but really what it made me do in that moment was posture posture the hell up and go, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it all the way or not at all. And so I wanted to create some big shoes for me to, for me to fill. Yeah, so it matched your vision. And I love how you say, yeah, I might have copped a bit of ridicule, but it matched my vision and I thought I'm, I'm all in. Yeah, you know what, and, and it made me get outside myself and it made me talk a big game. It made me, when I said posture up, you know, it made my websites reflected a global vision. I wanted a uniqueness as well because I was kind of ripped off in my other business. I want to go into that, but it left me quite emotionally scarred. And I thought if I call myself the, not just bucket list guy, Trav Bell bucket list guy, but the bucket list guy. There's a method to the madness. No one can touch me. No one can compete with me. And my number one marketing strategy at that time was, look, I'm not going to run around the world trying to sue everyone for using the word bucket list through intellectual property and that sort of thing, but I'm just going to outmarket everyone. My mission, and it still is today, or my marketing plan is just when the word bucket list is mentioned, I want my name right next to it, wherever it's found in the world. 
So if we go back, wind back the years a little bit. So this was a big part of you from the age of 18 and I just wonder what influenced that. I haven't heard of an 18-year-old having a bucket list. Now, it wasn't called a bucket list back then. The thing is that when I shared it with this group of 40 people who come to my, as I said, really crap seminar <laughs> when I first started, it was just my list to do before I die. And I've still got that list today, literally in the in the filing cabinet right next to where I'm sitting right now. And it was just like goals to do before I die. It was, you know, go to Everest Base Camp. It was um, do an Ironman triathlon. It was, I think it was own a BMW, which I don't want anymore. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I had all these, go to, go to Las Vegas, go to France. It was all these other goals. And oh, I watched the Tour de France live, which I did last year, funnily enough, and a whole bunch of other things. And that was my list to do before I died. Now, where did I get that? I don't know. I just picked it up somewhere was inspired somewhere, saw it from somewhere, don't know where I got it, but it stuck. I wrote it down, I pinned it up, and wherever I went from when I was 18 through uni, I had my little blue folder, my little written, written down goals on my fool's cap A4, and it just followed me around. And I always reflected on it, I read them every day, and all of it's come to fruition. It's amazing. Yeah, it is brilliant, isn't it? If you write it down, it's it's so much more likely hmm. to happen. And, and yeah, and we just basically flip that from a list to do before I die into my bucket list, which is what it is today. And what do you, in terms of the talks and seminars and, that you've done, what are the typical barriers do you think people talk about or present? Easy, time and money. Time and money. Everyone thinks, most people think, sorry, I shouldn't make an assumption like that. A lot of people think that everything that we want to do costs time and money. And not really. You know, it's not a matter of resources. I believe it's a matter of resourcefulness. If you want to do something really bad, when the what and the why is strong, the how will work itself out. So people have to give themselves space to think about what they truly want. And a lot of people think that bucket lists are all about travel when it's not. It's one of 12 things that I have as a part of what I call the My Bucket List Blueprint, which is a formula, if you like, of how to extract and then articulate a personally meaningful and holistic bucket list. Travel is one of those 12 steps. It sounds like a bit, a bit like AA, but it's, it's a 12-step program of how we extract that stuff and gets people thinking to create a more holistic list. A lot of the stuff that comes out of people doesn't require a lot of time and money, just requires attention. You know, I was just talking to a lady this morning and she wants to, you know, this year she, on her bucket list is to learn a song on ukulele. I mean, how much time and money does that really cost? Hardly anything. What's the first step? Go buy a ukulele. What's the second step? Go on YouTube, learn how to do it. And she's like, hey, why have I been putting that off for five years? I don't know. So it's about just paying attention. And it is about breaking it down as well. So I find with mini experiments, often people learn a song on the ukulele. As you pointed out, there's three to six steps involved in that, which just require a bit of attention and action, don't they? And sometimes just even breaking them down into smaller ones go, oh, first step, just buy the ukulele. That's all you need to do this week. Next week. Exactly. You're spot on. You're spot on. Sorry to interrupt, but it's it's like everyone thinks that goals requires a lot of time and money. And for me, Bucket list is the end result. It's got to be something that you can be ticked off. It's got to have an end step. And it's got nothing to do with time and money. See, I believe 
and your audience would love this this concept what we do for a living you know our career our 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 job our businesses should produce two things and two things only and that is time flow and cash flow for us to do the things that we really want to do oh, and, and the double bonus is find something that you love something that that you find flow in something that doesn't do your head in on a you know day-to-day basis i think that's the holy grail and that's what you preach as well but we do live in a delayed gratification society you know i'll be happy when syndrome and unfortunately, you know, the rate of depression, the overprescription of antidepressants in our society, and you know this better than anyone, that people are denying themselves of happiness, of fulfillment, of meaning and pleasure maybe now when they could be getting that now just by buying a ukulele um, rather than waiting until someday or the perfect time or until I've got the time and the money to do the things that I really want to do. And so don't delay the things that you want to do. Sure, some of them may require a few more resources. But let's identify the things that you can do now and get that more instant gratification kind of happening. Yeah, I think we've been brought up a bit that way as well. I know my parents were certainly about there's a certain level of earnestness that I'm supposed to portray in life. The whole system is built around that. That's that's the matrix. And it's interesting. Uh, we really do mirror each other's philosophies very closely. And I find too that the big thing that I tend to coach with clients is just start where you're at. A whole day of fun is just doesn't feel possible. You start with 10 minutes and with pleasure, adventure, any of those things, just start where you're at, start where you can, because I think our appetite grows with that exposure. Yeah, you know, I, I encourage people to put really simple, doable things on their on their bucket list. So, you know, it's a, bucket list is a cool way of goal setting, let's be honest. But it, what it does do, it makes things really specific to the person. It's not a predetermined set way of, you know, people can just go wild and really think about the things that light them up. You should see some of the things that people really want to do. It's not what they thought. It's not what other people think. It's amazing what some people want to do. And there's super, super weird ones and there's some super random ones, especially in my rooms when I speak and when I start to extract this stuff. It's whatever for, for each individual. Putting a lot of smaller ones, crossing those off, gives you the momentum and motivation to smash through the bigger ones. And it has a snowball effect. It really does. The danger is if you only write down really big ones, then you might get overwhelmed and procrastinate. Exactly. So I tuned into Trav's TEDx very recently and I heard all about the bucket list blueprint and it is genius. I was really impressed and I now know oh, why my bucket – oh, you're welcome. But I now know why I've been unsatisfied with my bucket list. It only had a couple of categories, so it's just not complete, <laughs> is it? For a lot of people, it wakes people up and gets them to think. At the end of my seminars, really funny, Nikki, because at the end of my seminars, people are just like in la-la land going, oh, I've got no idea, what the hell? And I say, all right, for the next 72 hours, keep a notebook and a pen really, really handy because you'll wake at 3 a.m. in the morning, tomorrow morning after my seminar in a cold sweat and go, ah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> you know, an hour, hour and a half keynote seminar, which is what I typically do, even less for the TEDx talk, which was like 18 minutes, people just get into this weird space of wondering. They don't get their answers straight away. And it's always, always, always a half a week, a week, maybe even a month, or when they've consulted their family, because we have family bucket lists, we have couples bucket lists, we have business bucket lists, we have all sorts of things that we unravel. And what happens is people 
like literally yesterday on on my database, I I put it out. You know, for 2018, what are your top five? Because this year for me, it's about actually helping people do their lists faster. And I want to help my tribe, my community of bucket listers around the world actually achieve the things on their list. And if I can enable, that makes me happy because doing my stuff is pretty easy these days. I've got the resources, got the time flexibility to be able to do that. But what really lights me up is helping other people. Yeah, people go into this weird space of, God, I don't know, straight after my talks. and uh, But then they come back and go, oh, I've really thought about this now, Trav. This is what I want to do. And then it's amazing how people will repurpose their lives, repurpose their businesses, go more online, ask for more flexibility in their careers. Can I work from home on Fridays? Can we put more of our business in the cloud? People going after different opportunities now because they've got these carrots out there, big and small. And it's amazing. I've had families just suddenly go, no, we're going to homeschool our kids and going to travel the world. People have done all sorts of different things around me. It is amazing and completely, completely, completely inspiring to me as well. And getting this stuff coming through my email, being tagged on social media, whatever, just makes me play a bigger game every single day. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Because it sounds like you're so used to achieving things on your bucket list. It's really just part of your rhythm and routine and the satisfaction you now get is as much as that as it is with contribution or perhaps even a bit more from that contribution piece. Should we cover a couple of the categories in the blueprint and then why don't we give some tips? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like you can go to my website, thebucketlistguy.com and put your name and email in and get an ebook on it. But it's a blueprint called the My Bucket List Blueprint. It's an acronym. So M-Y-B-U-C-K-E-T-L-I-S-T, My Bucket List. Starting from the top, these are all questions. So it's rhetorical questions. They're, They're just to get you thinking. If you don't have something in those particular categories, don't worry. You don't have to have one in every single one or five in each one. It's whatever. It's designed to help people to think laterally about their list. Some need probably more explanation than others as well. So M, starting at the top, M stands for meet a personal hero. Who do you want to meet before your time is up? Y stands for your proud achievements. What do you want to be really proud of before you kick the bucket? I'm going to give you some suggestions, but I'll just leave it at that. B. This is the only materialistic one. Buy that special something, whether it be for yourself or for someone else. U stands for ultimate challenges. This is where the marathons and the mountain climbs come in, the ultimate challenges. could be just a 5K run. This is about obviously experimenting too with unbelieving the story that people have led themselves to believe as well. Oh, but Trav, I'm not a runner. So, you know, who told you that? Let's put something on the bucket list and let's see how it goes. If it's something that you've got a burning desire to do and it's a 10 out of 10 in terms of motivation or, or inspiration to do, go for it. Because I say on the other side of your bucket list, there's a you that you don't know yet. And that's our potential. And when you see a potential, put a smile on your face, just like a five-year-old kid. Um, C is conquer a fear. And for those fears that such as public speaking, and yes, in my seminars, I have dragged people up onto stage <laughs> and, and conquered that fear straight away. Anyway. Uh, so if you come to my seminar, guys, watch out. Uh, conquer a fear. K is kind acts for others. This is where it really rounds the whole list out. It's not just about you. And I want to interrupt there. Kind acts for others. It, it helps people prioritize themselves, maybe for the first time in a long time, especially mums. And I say 
you know, when you're in a plane, you know, where they're doing the introductions, you know, welcome to the aircraft, blah, 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 and the oxygen mask drops down, who do you put it on first? You put it on yourself. You've got to preserve your own safety first so you can then what help other people. This is exactly the same as the bucket list. Help yourself first. It's not being selfish. It's about just helping yourself first and being a leader in your life and showing the example to your kids, co-workers, employees, whatever, of how to live your life with more variety and fun and, and purpose and more meaning, going to your strengths more, having more happiness in your life, more fulfillment, kind acts for others. You know, what do you want to do for other people? Small, big, whatever. E stands for express yourself. That's the creative part of you. Hence why I run around with a, a mohawk normally. T is take lessons. What are some skills that we want to learn before your time is up? L, the big one, is leave a legacy. How are you going to be remembered after you're gone? I, personal favourite of mine, idiotic stuff, just because. That's S, my favourite too. <laughs> yeah, it's just, hence why I went to Burning Man. I think we discussed that. And idiotic stuff, I sort of conquer a fear, but one of the ones I've got this year is to do a stand-up comedy gig. Yeah. And that is scaring the shit out of me. Uh, S is satisfy a curiosity. What do you want to taste, touch, smell, experience, feel, you know, before your time is up? And the last one, most obvious, is travel adventures. There you go. Brilliant. And in terms of tips and hints, so far we've covered trust that it may take some time for the ideas to come, whether it's 24 hours or a few weeks, and that you don't have to have something in every category. Any other tips for people starting out? Just write them down. Because right now they're, you know, people's bucket list are up there with their to-do list. And guess which one gets done first come tomorrow morning, being a working day? Yeah, the stupid to-do list. Yeah, and, and so we want to separate them. We want to get them out of the mind space and we want to, um, we want to put them in a visible place. We want to, we want to reflect on them daily and uh, we want to separate our to-do. Our to-do list essentially should be geared around helping us do our bucket list quicker. What you do on a day-to-day basis are the steps to make all that stuff happen. Otherwise, what's the, what's the use? And it sounds like for you, Trav, a big turning point for you in terms of understanding about leveraged income models and business models. You talked about yeah. a book being that turning point for you. Is that right? The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, that was one of the first books I ever read on systemization and, and duplication and building a business that, to use Brad Sugars, the founder of Action Coach, Business Coaches, which is a global coaching franchise, said, the definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that works without you. That's been my mantra. Make sense? It makes total sense. For me, yeah. I got that message from Tim Ferriss. Tim got it from those guys. Oh, there you go. And yeah, it was all about leverage and it was kind of like that. It was that in the early, E-Myth in the early days and then, yeah, the big one was obviously the four-hour work week for me and obviously a lot of other people. And that's when I went, you know, totally online, paperless, put my whole business in the cloud and now I'm a global citizen, doesn't really matter where I am, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and um, it sounds like you have a process mind as well. So should we talk a bit about your strengths? Yeah, yeah, sure. My strengths as far as the strength finder is concerned is more around belief, I think connectedness, I, I love doing that, developer, learner, and self-assurance. There's a whole heap of others that I could throw in there like activation and and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, at Strengths Finder, it's pretty full on because you want to tick everything in there and yeah, I'll do that, I'll do that. 
I like the ones that you've identified. So connectedness, that we're all connected, belief, that's kind of high ethical and genuine trust aspect. Developer, you enjoy developing others. Learner, you're an avid, curious learner. Mm. I also think you've got one around strategic thinking, whether it's a process analytical strength or whether it's the ideation where you see the connection between ideas. I think you've got one of those as well. I do, and that that tends to go into the, I think another one was futuristic or something, but ideation, I can definitely, two main businesses that I have built have never been done before. I started personal training and then I franchised personal training studios and I was the first to do that in Australia because I had a mate that said, you can't franchise personal training because it's personal. I said, watch me, and I did, and then I think early days, someone said, oh, who, who the hell? I think this was actually a limiting, a limiting belief that I was running for a while. And that limiting belief was what, who the hell is going to pay someone to talk about just writing a simple bloody list? Nick minute. Here we are. <laughs> and I think people are very curious about speakers and what that's all about. Is there anything you'd like to share with us about that? For the last three and a half years, I've been a professional speaker. When I say professional speaker, I'm more to use the term thought leader or, and that's about being an expert in a particular, you know, genre in a particular space. And I say to all experts or people who want to be an authority in a, on a particular subject, and that is by definition of a thought leader, that you've got to pick a highway and then pick a lane. I am a, unfortunately, a motivation speaker. I get put up with old mate who's climbed Everest with one arm, one leg, or, or uh, uh, the girl who's won five Olympic gold medals, and we're all vying for that same keynote spot on this conference platform. That's a hard get, you know, it's the most popular highway category that, that we have, uh, along with leadership. And so I've always said, you know, pick that highway and then pick a lane and then own that lane create a tribe around that lane, own the ecosystem, own the hub around that lane. And so I mentor speakers to become thought leaders. Yeah, speaking, like coaching, like mentoring, like facilitation, like training, like authoring, these are all modalities or different income buckets that a thought leader can actually create for themselves for their practice. And I've chosen speaking as my number one. I do a bit of coaching, do a bit of mentoring. But at the end of the day, I started doing that because I'd had a lot of people go, oh, yeah, I really want to be a motivation speaker. I've been through some stuff and I want to help other people to not go through that same stuff. And and so it sort of came out of doing that uh, by people sort of mentioning their journey. It's a really big, you know, heartfelt journeys as well. You know, those people wanted to get their message out commercially and get paid for it. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's an exchange of energy, exchange of value. And uh, so I've been mentoring speakers in a program that goes for uh, 90 days, three months, and, uh, you know, through webinar format once a week and go through this, these modules that I've created over time. And uh, they're all messengers, you know, different messages, different highways, different lanes. And I love doing that. You know, some of the successes are unreal. And they speak in all sorts of different topics. It's great. I love also how practical it is. I was looking at the content for each module in each week. So you've obviously got content around crafting the talk, but you've also got the practical stuff, which I think is what people struggle with, don't you think? How do I charge? How do I start? How do I do a showreel? All that stuff. Yeah, I'm ex-president of the National Speakers Association here in Australia. 
And having spoken to speakers over in the US, Europe, Asia, New Zealand, I've spoken to groups of speakers and uh, in here in Australia, obviously, about the commercial side of things, because it's all well and good, you know, wanting to share your message, but you can actually run out of energy to do that really, really quickly because you can go out there and help people and be really charitable and go to this school and go to this non-profit, go and do a talk over here and then running around spreading your love to then not get paid. I think, again, the holy grail is speaking from your heart, getting paid handsomely and uh, and play at a global level as well. You'd be surprised. You know, Australia is 1.7% of the global economy. There is so much opportunity out there, especially for female speakers especially for female speakers who are good. I've shared the stage with some really bad speakers and that are getting paid heaps of money. Or I go and do a talk and they go, oh, Trev, you know, Trev, we've had you. Do you know of anyone else that can kind of do what you do? Or, Trev, we need a speaker to speak on this topic or something. And I'll be like, oh, I can refer this guy or this girl. Oh, he's a bit of a dick, so no, I won't. Uh, good luck with that. And I was getting a heap of coaching inquiries as well from other speakers, not just newbies, but also established speakers who wanted to break into the global market or just be recognized in that sort of, I guess, the five grand to 10 grand kind of bracket here in Australia in the keynoting world or wanting to run their own retreats or uh, public seminars or whatever, because I've, I've dabbled in both of those. So that's how all that started. But it's really, really cool how some of them have just got out there in a big, big way. It's great. It's so cool. And I think that's probably in one of my strengths. I love developing people and love people stepping into their strengths and, and being more connected to themselves and speaking from their heart. It's great. Yeah, it sounds like you find it absolutely rewarding. There are two things I really liked about that story. One is, again, you've created an arm to your business, which is a speaking, is it called the Speaker Mentoring Bootcamp? Is that right? The Speaker Mentoring Program. Yeah. And that's all online. So I've got you know students from all around the world on that one. And then I have a speaker weekend bootcamp where we all come together and do the stuff that you can't do online, like stagecraft stuff, uh, NLP from stage, maybe sales from stage, audience interaction, group dynamics, uh, room dynamics, that sort of stuff that you can't do online. Storytelling, stage anchoring and that sort of stuff is a big one too. Yeah, so it's really holistic. But what I like about that too is that came out of a need. So in terms of finding this thing we're meant to do, if you combine your strengths and, and you solve a problem that's out there, that's often, you know, one of the gateways to figuring out what to do next work-wise. And that's another example of you doing that again. You found that people were wondering, well, how did you get there? And you were speaking yep. to speakers and you were hearing what problems they had and you thought, actually, I can solve this because I have been there, done that. But I also like developing people. The other thing yep. I really liked about that story was how you said that you've been on stage with some really crap speakers. And I can't tell you how inspiring that is. I think we, um, I'm someone who assumes the majority, the 98% of people getting paid well to speak are good speakers. Like mm. That is an assumption yeah. of mine and it sounds like I'm incorrect. Yeah, there's so much opportunity out there for everyone. There really is. And a lot of people say, oh, it's overcrowded, it's overpopulated. No, there's so much opportunity, especially from where I stand, especially what I've been exposed to. But the thing is people have just got to step up. Absolutely. But I've got a number of clients who are wanting to have speaker as part of their Dream Life Best Fit business, so I know they'll really enjoy hearing this. I wonder, should we share how people can find you, Trav? It's pretty easy. Go to www.thebucketlistguy.com 
And look, if we're speaking about the, the mentoring side of things, just go to the mentoring tab and off you go. What I'd encourage people to do is have a conversation with me first. I think there's a calendar link, a scheduling link there. And, and let's see if it is a suitable way forward. You know, I, I've said no to a bunch of people because they're not ready yet or maybe it's just not a fit. I don't obviously accept. I, I keep the, um, the groups and I run four groups a year of 15. I want to make sure that they've got, you know, they're coming from a good place and they really want to help a bunch of people. They've got to have a big vision and uh, be prepared to do a bit of work to get there too. It's not a matter of just doing a course and then putting your hand out and going, all right, find me some gigs, Trav. It doesn't work that way. So it sounds like there's a bit of wanting to make sure that both parties are in the right place. The other thing I get guests to do is to set a mini experiment or a mini challenge. I want people to sign up to your website and get the ebook on the blueprint and start their bucket list. But did you have another yeah. idea in mind? Oh, look, once they do that or just listening to this, replaying it, seriously, just send it to me because I literally just yesterday put a challenge out there. I'm doing an experiment right now with my community. And this is people from literally all over the world, all walks of life. I got everyone to give me their top five bucket list things that they want to do this year. I'm challenging people to send that in. And my telepathy skills aren't that crash hot. I can't pick them up via airwaves. You've got to email me what they are. So they are at my email is trav at the bucketlistguy.com. That's trav at the bucketlistguy.com. Send me the top five because I am doing a little mini experiment on how the community, my tribe of bucket listers, can help each other achieve their bucket list goals together. I love that. And it also means that potentially you can send through the first five that come to you because it sounds like it may take a few weeks for us to work through the 12 categories. So even if it's sure. first five, because we want momentum, don't we? So by taking small actions, we'll get momentum. The short way of doing it is uh, go to the TED Talk and you can probably put the link in the show notes there. Go to my TED Talk and have that ready. And if you you know people within your community, Nikki, that sort of send it through or comment or whatever, just connect me and, and let's extract those five from your crew. I think that's a great idea. We'll do that as well. Cool. Chad, thanks so much for your time today. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? Life is way too short not to live your bucket list. Time is running out. Hurry the hell up. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Trav. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, Nikki. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. Two things I'd like to mention. Firstly, if you're keen to boost your happiness at work, then head on over to www.nikkismith.net.au, which is N-I-K-K-I-S-M-I-T-H.net.au, and sign up for your starter kit. I share tips in there that are easy to implement and are pure gold. Secondly, if you crave a new work role and have no idea what to do or lots of ideas but don't know where to start, then head on over and check out the 7-Step Career Change online program. This is an awesome system I use to help people create their dream life best fit role, which is a role that matches their strengths, interests and lifestyle needs. It will move you from feeling fed up, unsure and unconfident to clear, inspired and motivated in six weeks. Plus, if you want to hear more stories like this one, please subscribe and spread the word. Till next time.